0: And welcome to should i keep this a podcast where i ask comedians to venture into their massive prop and costume collections to find an item that makes them say should i keep this i'm your host samantha russell a 20-year sketch comedy veteran and a prop and costume hoarder extraordinaire my guest today is one of my favoriteest people in the world bryce remsberg he was one of my team members in the sketch group secret pants he was the host of iron sketch a philadelphia sketch comedy competition show in the mid-20 teens but more notably, he currently appears live on television every week, shouting numbers as a referee for All Elite Wrestling on TNT and TBS. Very funny. Welcome, Bryce. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me, Samantha. What a delight. It's a delight to hear your voice. And I I, I hear this in, like, podcasts that I enjoy a lot. Like, oh, I just started a podcast so I can have conversations with my friends. And I'm feeling that right now. I really like that. I, you know. I don't know what other occasion we would sit on Zoom and and converse for 45 minutes to an hour, but here we are, and I'm so delighted to be here and so delighted to dust off some of my uh, fairly uh, buried sketch comedy memories. So uh, let's go.
0: All right. So uh, can you tell me uh, how long you were in comedy and what got you into that?
1: Sure. Uh, I was in Secret Pants for. Uh, I mean, I never officially quit, technically. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't and we never mean. officially disbanded, right. right? It's like it's like a headstone with an empty space on it, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> here, here lies Secret Pants 2004 or two. And, you know, I mean, you, no, you, I, I guess know. you could write a two and a zero. You could even write a two, but I don't know what the last number is. <laughs> uh, I was active within uh, Secret Pants from 2004 until 2019. Uh, and then I mean I guess if we're being honest it, I think we all liked the 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 completion of a decade of Christmas events right
0: Yeah yeah
1: 2010 to 2019 there were 10 Christmas shows at 10 consecutive Christmas shows at Johnny and Brenda's and as it turned out it would have been impossible to have one in 2020 anyway
0: Yeah it was like we knew
1: Right 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 Did you hear about this thing uh COVID <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we had it in Ben Salem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I no, no, I haven't heard I about I'll that. What, I, don't I don't read the get,
1: paper. I don't, I don't want to take up too much of your time. <laughs> uh, uh, but there, would have been, there wouldn't have been a Christmas show anyway in 2020 at Johnny Breda's. So I did. I was often, I, I was a comedy fan my whole life, which I don't really, I, I've thought back on and I don't really understand how or why, because I don't remember really watching with my parents. I think my mom had some like stand-up albums like maybe like Richard Pryor and Bill Cosby like I remember like big records mm-hmm. um and uh look how that turned out <laughs> 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 this is all gonna I, what I'm trying to say is my mom is dead <laughs> <laughs> he got now, real dark real quick I, I was, <laughs> there's so much sorrow in sketch comedy it's so... <laughs> um, but i definitely remember watching saturday night live and i and I, this is kind of a, a conversation that happens in wrestling locker rooms a lot too is like what is your favorite period of wrestling and and it's also kind of your favorite period of saturday night live it's it's where you got on the ride like yeah, it's where yeah. you were most impressionable so for me that's you know 92 93 phil hartman mike myers dana carvey wayne's yeah. world uh, hans and franz rob schneider adam sandler uh norm mcdonald like that's that's it you know if you're we're about the same age where you're, yeah. you're you're 12 13 14 like it's a whole new world adam sandler's like comedy albums like yeah yeah someone say those dirty words like i'm not getting <laughs> in any trouble or not getting beat or you know not, not yeah attention like that was a very eye-opening experience um but i think i had experience with different worlds of comedy, but I think I gravitated towards sketch comedy. I love the state. We were just talking about members of the state doing a yeah. dad band in 2023 before we started recording. Uh I, kids in the hall. Um I, I feel I feel a gravitation, especially in my teenage years, to that. And I think a lot of the times on Comedy Central, you might be able to help me with this. It was on late at night. So it felt like naughty, I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think so. Like it was a little adult while we're right. teenagers like, oh, I'm watching
1: this you 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 sneak out after you go to bed or you have a TV in your room. I can't remember, you know, but like it's, it's something you're, it's not like, you know, what you're supposed to be doing. You're not watching the football game or watching yeah, like yeah. Or teenagers watch. Uh, so in, uh, at Temple University in uh, 2004, uh, several members of which, including your husband, uh, took a, a sketch comedy, an intro to sketch comedy class, which was kind of the like nucleus, like, beginning growth of Secret Pants, which wasn't known at the time. And then um, when the class was over, several of us decided that we liked doing this together. And we didn't know how to start a sketch comedy troupe. Obviously, we didn't read the manual. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if there was a manual, (laughs) was there? I guess we can write one now. I don't know. The The manual will definitely not include basically having an open casting session at someone's house. Oh, probably not. <laughs> so it started, there was, you know, maybe like a group of um 10, 11 12 or so of us in the in the class that like doing it. And then it's like, well let's just let's try to do this thing. what what is starting a sketch comedy group look like? And then we just started I, I remember having a, a meeting at the in the at temple and then the one that I think everyone's like, I have a funny friend, I have a funny friend, I have someone that will like this, blah blah blah. And that brought in Uh, you Mm -hmm. uh, Steve Thorne who eh, I don't remember
0: I think Steve was in I thought Steve was in the class yeah Larry and then we got
1: Brian and Larry came that way yeah Uh, Paul was not actually in the class but he was roommates with John Koblars who was in the class so he kind of like strolled right in Um, and that first that like the those those first meetings there were 15, 16, 17, 18 people there, right? Like an yeah. <laughs> especially if you're talking about splitting profits, which is nowhere on our radar at that time. But you know, you don't don't that's swing bands don't are not profitable <laughs> <laughs> too
0: many people. And then there's too many people to like satisfy in any how do you how do you get everyone in a
1: sketch? We, we don't need three trombonists. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that number eventually uh, whittled down to amazingly 13 which was like the people that were serious about it uh yeah. camp fio josette brooke um uh and then that 13 like the benchmarks I, and people didn't leave in mass but the benchmarks in my mind are 13 7, 5 yeah 13 was the the first version of you know the monopoly movie in atlantic city like the first early sketches to 04 05 06 and the first like nuggets of live shows which were the Muhlenberg college yeah like and hour outdoor. and a half
0: show that was just brutally no. long
1: <laughs> I some of modest success uh at the kyber and the north star which part of that I, I actually i'm gonna i'm gonna rest in something i said two minutes ago having a lot of people help to sell a lot of tickets <laughs>
0: oh god yeah they, you have a lot more friends to guilt to come oh. in if you have 13
1: members long story short uh then then it kind of it kind of it kind of wheeled down to 7 and that was like kind of like the live show years in my mind yeah do you feel that way yeah like, and then really settling into what was probably the best idea of all along was you know helping to cultivate and glorify the Philadelphia sketch comedy scene yeah yeah i you know uh i i don't have a lot of sketch comedy bravado but i do feel comfortable in saying that we helped Create
0: that. Yeah, I, I think it, it was, it, I mean, it, with other people as well, but it, yeah, we certainly contributed to it, especially with the Christmas show. And then you yeah. had to keep getting new acts. And and so we'd give people an, a, a stage for it.
1: Yes, there was there was nowhere to, to, there wasn't, again, there wasn't a blueprint or manual, like what does the sketch comedy community in Philadelphia look like? And it, I'm sure it existed in, you know, small pockets and different corners and stuff we had never heard of or people we had never, ever met because it's a big city. But as far as, like, actually doing something with it and doing something about it, it felt like we were hoping to carry that torch for a while. Yeah. And I was, you know, far from the most active or talented or worthwhile person in Secret Pants. I was definitely five out of five at the end (laughs) when people quit i was like oh cool my ranking went up you know (laughs) i was far from the most active or you know uh driven and all like i did not write sketches i did not edit films i was the biggest waste of space in the the group but I, I i will acknowledge that what we did helped you know bring that to the forefront and and to the extent that when we really started getting serious about it or like, I don't want to say good, but confident, um, the place to do sketch at was the Philadelphia improv theater, (laughs) which is kind of shows you what was, you know, what was around at that time. So, you know, it it, it is not necessarily sustainable to really do a Johnny Brenda's all the time. Although we probably did it 15 times, 12, 13, 14, 15 times total. Um, uh, but I do have fond memories, Just as crazy as it was, like the Connie's Riddick days was kind of like the, the intersection of that to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, concert style, you know, standing room at a cool feeling venue with a yeah. crummy sh- tiny backstage
0: yeah the, the uh, bathroom backstage
1: crummy- didn't even work like right. <laughs> it was it was it was maybe just a big jar like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that lovingly when I call Connie's rec crummy I, I say that lovingly uh, um, but it was the intersection of that and they would have full-on sketch shows there because of our friends in the sixth borough
0: yeah uh,
1: and then it became as all these stories become um getting married having kids growing up Being i moved busy, to Lancaster yeah. in 2018 i started with aw in 2019 and just like the the window of of availability and energy that i personally and i think we all had a little bit of this uh but i can only speak for myself but like watching that that like door close yeah uh, i do remember one of my last memories uh, of sketch comedy is walking in a in a because it, it was a nice day and it was december i was in corpus christi texas for aw and i was uh like listening to the recordings of the sketches to learn my lines and it was sketches we had done before so i shouldn't have had to do that uh but it was just like going in circles and reading my lines just looking out this you know place i would never been that i came to referee wrestling matches weird and then I, I remember like hustling to coming home on thursday from wherever we were and then like Popping home and then coming to your house to rehearse like frantically before the Christmas show. And the, the, the Christmas show was becoming, it was, uh, again, I am always speaking for myself. It was feeling more like a chore and less fun every year yeah. a little bit. especially oh, abso- Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of why that happened. And, You know, there, there aren't hard feelings. Uh, and you know, especially after COVID, I like truly, uh, like I, I will be completely sincere. I truly cherish the time we all get to spend together now because, you know, we didn't know COVID was going to happen. We didn't know it was going to be the last show. And I think we kind of knew we didn't know, no, it was going to be the last show at uh, December of 2019. Uh, and then it's like, you know, we got together for a, a birthday or, a, you know, uh, Paul had a rough year and I got to go to a Weird Al, weird owl concert with Paul. Yeah. Uh, you and Brian come to my wrestling shows. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, it is, you know, and despite, you know, it's it is not like this gross behind the music VH1 breakup story or anything like yeah. that. Just kinda just kinda life happened and, and yeah. their hard there are feelings and, and 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 in some ways it is like when we get together we don't have to worry about doing something that feels like work. Yeah. And we're just, you know, catching up and being friends and laughing. Yeah. That's the best part. Yeah. That's the best part. Going to Murph's on someone's birthday or whatever it may be, like uh, when when Murph's was on check please, we all went together. Like that was great. That made, yeah. that that like that just brought me so much joy. And uh, I don't know. I'm sure everybody has a skewed view of appreciation and joy after COVID or becoming forty or whatever whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I I find myself really like you know looking back fondly, but also like really appreciating the time even this right now or yeah. two of us or three of us or four of us or all five of us together or even better we get to like um uh where did we see larry not too long ago where did larry come to uh, oh geez i don't remember i saw Steven steph yeah that, I, I randomly ran to Steven steph at sesame place we were there with our kids oh that's fun uh, <laughs> summer. i don't remember i it, but it's it's like a real treat you know yeah. like really exciting um and there are now i guess 222118 secret pan, secret uh, dungarees, secret yeah. shorts, <laughs> yeah, pantaloons. I don't, yeah, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of that. I thought that is not exactly what you asked, but that is the uh, the synopsis <laughs> of my comedy. <laughs> career. This is your entire history. I do like that. Um, you know, a lot of bands or can be sketch comedy groups or improv troops or whatever that may be, uh don't have like a lot of their like you know there's there's footage of them performing which some of that exists for us but like when we were at our best making and editing writing making and editing sketches all all by ourselves yeah and like they're all on youtube they're on the internet now like i can watch whenever i want yeah Uh, i can show my kids them some of them i won't some of them i might someday but like (laughs) the franklin pleaser was a shitload of work yeah it's still there for us to watch today yeah like I love that was a that. really fun day right yeah like, it was a lot of work it was hot it was sweaty you know but like once we like started getting brave and confident and like you know paying this ben franklin impersonator 500 to yeah. be open, you know like you renting
0: this space yeah like a lot it mark, was a lot of work we got
1: mark summers to come play with us yeah right? <laughs> like, that's wild that's crazy like that 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 will never go away and that can never be taken away and i think that's really really fun
0: yeah
1: and i don't it's not again it's not like there was this nasty breakup or whatever like it's not like i look back on those and like think of like like it all it does is make even the worst of those sketches or my least favorite of those sketches or the worst days of making those sketches yeah we still uh, had fun right exactly It's, (laughs) it's, it's it's all joy it's all good so uh, So i I just killed 30 of the 45 minutes for you
0: i know okay uh uh, i'll have one question left that's all i have time
1: for um (laughs) right next to me that she's wrapping me up
0: um so you're into wrestling obviously (laughs) what got you into that
1: um probably the same area of my brain that appreciated sketch comedy it's like I think there's an, there's an inherent admiration of watching someone be professionally silly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, you know, the kids in the hall got to be professionally silly. (laughs) Uh, You know, Weezer got to be professionally silly. That's fun to me. They got to make a Buddy Holly video when I was 11. (laughs) I was a neighbor. I probably still am. Uh, (laughs) um, And, you know, the macho man, Randy Savage, and the ultimate warrior got to put on, face paint and tassels and you know, yell and scream and run around and got paid for it. It was their job. And like <laughs> that blow that blew and blows my mind. Like that was their job. My dad was a railroad conductor. You know what I mean? My mom worked for the <laughs> census. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, what did you, what what did your dad do?
0: He was a teacher and so was my mom. So that's, uh, yeah. My wife wife was a
1: teacher. Like, right. And and like, but, but like the macho man, Randy Savage got to like put on neon, you know, like spandex and like play fight and yell. Like that was his job. That's crazy. Uh, So I was drawn to that of course. And um, early on learned that I was, you know, uh, five foot six and a hundred and, for forty five hundred fifty pounds, uh, and uh, wrestling itself, the act of actual wrestling was not for me because I am fragile uh, physically and, <laughs> and physically and emotionally. <laughs> uh, but what really captivated, I mean, I think this is I, I equate this to you know seeing uh, if you've seen Year Two at Lincoln Financial Field, that's great. But until you've seen like I'm going to get really in the weeds, and I think you might follow me on this one. Until you've seen. Uh, Ozma at the fire (laughs) like that breaks it open for you so when i could drive right a friend that could drive i was 15 or 16 i discovered independent wrestling independent wrestling is you know it's not pretty it's not glamorous the ropes are gross um and you can like there's no guardrails you can like reach up and touch the ropes intermission no one yells at you Uh, you know (laughs) like instead of these like big fancy t-shirts there's like these these like crummy like poorly designed ones yeah someone's got you know there's like $1 one dollar Miller lights to the VFW Hall or you're <laughs> in this like church you know what I mean like some independent wrestling is clean and nice and a lot of like what Chakar did at the East W Reno was like not that it became like you know bigger uh, or you know Chakar and the Trocadero like that became bigger but like when I first started winning independent wrestling this is 150-200 people in like central Pennsylvania and the fan base is interesting to say the least and I was like <laughs> oh wow like like this this maybe I can be a part of like yeah. this is this is like you know not this is imperfect and this is yeah. this maybe is for me uh so i was a freshman at temple which a, a through line here uh and my two favorite independent wrestlers mike quack Bush and reckless youth were opening a wrestling school in allentown which is you know hour 15 from temple uh and like to me that was serendipitous I was like this is this yeah. is for me so i went to the school to check it out and I was very trepidatious because like still I i couldn't really shake the thought that you know, wrestlers are the big football players that shake you upside down and your change falls out. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> wrestlers, these, these big, these big like dopey longheads that like you know, you know, call people gay or whatever. Like yeah. I could, like that's what I was getting ready to see. Uh, and then I walked into what would become the Chikar Wrestle Factory. And it was, like, hardcore punk dudes. It was comic book nerds. It was, you know, no one was in great shape.
0: Yeah. There were a of
1: guys okay <laughs> shape. Uh, Ultra Mantis was probably in the best shape. But no one was in great shape. And these are dudes that, like, you know, have weird tattoos and also want to talk about the kids in the hall and Weezer with me. Yeah, you know. there you go. So, that I was like, oh, this I can do. Uh, I still couldn't shake that I was fragile emotionally and physically so I trained to be a referee Uh, like I found my people and that's what you know that's what sketch comedy is too yeah yeah and you get on the ride and ride it for as long as you can or as long as you want Um, and you know I was probably always a little bit better I will. I guarantee. You. I was a better pro wrestling referee than I was ever a sketch comedian. Ever. 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 <laughs> uh, so I, 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 I chased the right. The, the. I, I, I put my money on the right horse. I guess. Uh, <laughs> but I was an independent wrestling referee, and this is like you know a hobby. This is you know traveling on the weekends, fifty dollars a night. Sometimes after travel, everything losing money. Uh, if you, God forbid, you have a flat tire, like your whole weekend is now uh, in the negative. Uh, sharing hotel rooms with six or eight dudes like <laughs> doing from you know road trips from philadelphia to minneapolis philadelphia to tampa uh philadelphia to i don't know where else the long drives were but just like and like that that was for me especially in those formative years like those are my college friends you guys are my college friends and those are my college friends because i didn't go to frat parties and i was yeah. you know Definitely, maybe snowed in somewhere uh, refereeing for Terry Funk when I was supposed to be taking a <laughs> final in Philadelphia. And blah, blah, blah blah blah. My dad used to see my cell phone records and would would you know threaten to stop paying for them because he could see that I was in Indiana on a Thursday. Oh jeez, <laughs> totally true. Uh, you know, and then you know trying to explain to. My parents, that you know, but I made forty dollars this weekend <laughs> uh, when I started dating Laura, who's now my wife of almost ten years. Uh, she, I, I'll never forget. She's like, "So, you know, how much did you make on these weekends?" And I, I remember actually exaggerating because I didn't want her to know the truth. It's like, "Oh, you know, $2, <laughs> $2, 150 bucks." You know, yeah. and then she's like, "Well, you know, you you drove fourteen hours to Tampa, you refereed these two shows, you drove fourteen hours home. You know, so for the weekend it was, you know."
0: even the exaggeration you lost
1: money exactly but it, but, it, but the, the rate it was like you know it was 70 hours of my time for 150 dollars like, you made two dollars and five cents an hour you know, or something like that. <laughs> wow. stop being so practical <laughs> uh, so with life as it is you know i i di- i definitely did some cool stuff i got to meet some cool people i got to go to some cool places i have great independent wrestling uh, memories to the extent that i now like when I get to do an independent show, it's like very fun. It feels like, like putting on an old an old sweatshirt, even, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I had, my first son was born in 2016. My second son was born in 2020. But I, you know, remember being married and moving to Lancaster. And my son was two. And my son, my oldest son, Alex, was starting to recognize when I would go away. And I was really, you know, starting to imagine my life without sketch comedy and being an active pro wrestling referee and like it was a little sad but i it was probably for the best and then aew opened Uh, a billionaire uh who owns the jacksonville jaguars and the fulham fc uh football club in england uh his son was old enough who's exactly my age uh tony's 40 um he uh (laughs) We quote Larry Sanders together sometimes. <laughs> he is, you know, can remember wrestling my new detail. Like we are in just, I mean, we are on parallel paths and, until you realize his dad's a billionaire, but whatever. Yeah, I, on parallel.
0: Close, close enough. I hear dad was a train conductor, as you <laughs> mentioned
1: earlier. <laughs> so when it came time for Tony to have his thing, he wanted to open a professional wrestling promotion and, um, two guys that used to wrestle for Chikara, they're actually the Chikara Tag Team Champions, were two of the guys that were the executive vice presidents of this new project, they were called the Young Bucks. And the Young Bucks remembered um, how nice I was to them and how decent of a referee I must have been back when they would visit Chikara in 2008, 9 and 10, 11 and 12, pick them up at the airport and take them to Wawa and check them into their hotel. And um, they told me about AEW and with anything, these sorts of things are too good to be true. And then I found out there was an AW event and then I got booked for the AW event and I, I got a plane ticket to Las Vegas. And then I went to check into my hotel room at the MGM Grand. And I remember very vividly um kind of leaning and whispering to the lady at the front desk. I was like, who am I sharing a room with? She's like, no one. It's just your room. And I was just like, <laughs> "Why, have What am
0: they doing was going to come back with a list of like five other guys. <laughs>
1: And as it turned out, uh, that weekend, uh, Orange Cassie got added to the show last minute and didn't have a room. And I let him sleep on the couch in my room. So after all that, I didn't actually have my own room. Um, But uh, mm -hmm. that is the only time I've ever shared a room with anyone in AEW. And it was willingly, and it was one of my oldest friends. But I will tell you this. There's no going back. I will never share a hotel with anybody. <laughs> that is not my family for the rest of my days. This is where we draw the line. And, and places I used to fly or used to drive, the drive from Philadelphia to Boston sucks. It should take five or six hours. It always takes eight or nine. It's the worst. Yeah. Now I fly to Boston. And it takes 55 minutes. I'm like, Ooh. I have made it.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's exciting.
1: (laughs) I started as just kind of a a day rate guy, a a freelancer. And then I ended up uh, on the same day signing two contracts, one as a referee, uh, which got me a a performer salary and one as what was originally just a assistant travel coordinator and then went on to become the manager of travel. uh, And that was August 1st, 2019. So we're coming around on four years of full time uh, refereeing and AEW travel managing and uh, the travel manager part takes up maybe 97 or 98% of my uh, wrestling energy and the referee <laughs> part takes about two or three but it's the thing that I signed up to do and the thing that I actually truly love. Yeah. So it all kind of comes out in the wash. The The, <laughs> the, the pay rate is probably a little off, off center at what it should be uh, but I am, you know, it it is it is like any job frustrating on some days. Uh, but it is, you know, like like my dad says, who puts this in perspective for me now that I am older and he is older and he's retired. He says, you know, you're living the dream, and he doesn't say that sarcastically, which is true. Yeah. And he says it, it beats digging ditches, which is also true. <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause> those <laughs> nice are the two, long. yeah. That's a pretty wise guy for a train yeah. uh, retired train conductor. Um, yeah. but these are both true things, and uh, it is, you know, it 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 encompasses more of my energy and time than I might like but I am you know happy to be on the ride like I have come up with ideas that have been on national tv or I you know uh get to I don't know I I I feel like I'm part of the crew like I'm part of the first year first wave guys I feel like I have you know sting calls me sometimes which is weird uh <laughs> call to it's usually when there's a problem uh but like this is like these things that seemed like the crazy kid in the candy store are now just things that like sort of happen to me every day which is weird uh i don't know it's 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 i i, I didn't really have perspective on it until my dad came one day uh we had our first show at arthur ash stadium in new york there were twenty thousand people who were going to be there my dad came and um cody rhodes told my dad how great i was for five minutes oh crazy sentence but like yeah. my dad was like almost you know to the point of tears like seeing that i was like thriving and respected in this crazy world and then he wrote an elevator with tony shivani and he said a he said a curse word in the elevator and my dad <laughs> always talks about the foul mouth announcer all the time he thinks it's so funny this guy's that's supposed to be like you know a prim and proper announcer this man of like uh you know integrity like said the f word in elevator (laughs) my dad dad thinks that is so funny he talks about that all the time Uh, but yes that and like especially now like i you know we're expanding at a at a rate and new people new things new shows all this stuff and it's becoming a lot and now like this coming Wednesday, I, you know, I don't know when this will air, uh, but this coming Wednesday we're going to be in Washington, D.C. and, like, my wife and kids are going to go and all my kids can talk about are, like, getting in the ring. Yeah. Our, our, our ring announcer has offered to, like, announce them down the ramp. And play oh, music wow. With, oh, that's going like, to be fun. Right? Yeah. And, like, I didn't even watch wrestling when I was seven. I think I didn't start until I was eight or nine. But, like, that – like that blows your mind right yeah like,
0: that's huge that that's going to be so exciting <laughs>
1: right and he might get cold feet at the last minute and that's okay uh but like uh you know and and you know how for all of my frustrations like my life is so much better because of this yeah you know i have you know i get to travel and go places and meet people and do things and like i don't know like it it's uh, it it it's easy to get frustrated, but it, it, perspective goes a long way. Uh, that was not your question. Other, no, i oh, <laughs>
0: Longest episode ever. Um, sorry, sorry. I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> no, but I have to keep asking you questions. That's my you're
1: job. Making, you're making me. I, I, I'm feeling very. I'm feeling a certain kind of way. So.
0: <laughs> Do you feel that your experience in sketch comedy has helped you? Like when you when you do ref, I feel like you get all of the comedy matches.
1: 100%, especially because one of the reasons I was so drawn to Chikara and helped, you know, evolve with that is that it was often very silly and ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and yes, I, you know, a lot of my wrestling uh, co-workers think that I did improv because that's <laughs> more, re- which is, you know, a long story, <laughs> no. but, but that's more like reactionary. You, yeah. You know. And I, I, depending on who it is, I just politely agree or politely correct them. Yeah. Uh, but I never say the word skits like the pastor did at my wedding. Skits. No, uh, <laughs> you're little skits. you little <laughs> skits. Uh, RJC does appreciate you talking about little skits. We talk about little skits. Uh, <laughs> but yes, absolutely. Did. It absolutely does. And uh, I, I, uh, I wish there were more uh, comedy matches in AEW, because I, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like that muscle is regressing of mine. That's one of the reasons I like doing Indies so much, uh, on occasion, the right Indie. Uh, but yes, absolutely. I do get to do the silly things. I do have a good rapport with Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen, and you know, always up for a good booping by Chris Statlander. Yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> so, Even when they just put you in with Shaq, because you're, you're like, you're yeah, so tiny. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I had to go to a wrestling school and rehearse that match. It was one of the weirdest nights of my life. Yeah. Everyone yeah. Everyone everyone was there and they're like, Shaq will be here at 930. And I was like, okay. So we're all just standing around, going over the match, waiting for Shaq to roll up. A big giant pickup truck rolled up. He drove himself. Shaq ro- walks in, rehearsed the match once, said he got it, and walked out of the room. He was there for 15 minutes. Wow. Okay. Well, this is tomorrow. So I hope this goes well. And it yeah. went pretty well. Although my nephew still asks if he's still in the ambulance. Was, <laughs> never saw him get out Blows his mind that this <laughs> giant man somehow disappeared but he sees him on commercials sometimes how did he get out <laughs> but yeah so that's that's uh, yeah that was a quicker uh, answer
0: yeah i uh, do you like i feel like aew is a little like sillier than wwe like i wasn't a big wrestling fan and i will admit that i just kind of started watching wrestling because mm-hmm. you were on tv and i'm like well i'm gonna watch bryce and then i'm like oops i like this and it's more because it's like silly it like knows that it's silly and this is
1: ridiculous AEW is wrestling for nerds <laughs> and, and like i think in some ways um and this has changed in this matter of opinion. WWE kind of, like, tries to dissuade the nerd culture of itself. Yeah. That's gotten a little better over the years, I guess. Um, but, like, AEW has embraced the nerd culture of wrestling, right? It is about, you know, star ratings of matches. And, you know, yeah. because our owner and CEO and boss is a self-admitted wrestling nerd. He's made yeah. the biggest <laughs> wrestling nerd I've ever met. And he happens to be a billionaire, and happens to own a pro wrestling company and happens to have changed my life. Um, so I, I I think that AEW does not shy away for it being a nerdy and that makes it a little more silly. And I think there is, you know, some of the AEW storylines are very deep and intrinsic and go on for years and years. And Jakar did a lot of that. So I have a lot of like respect and admiration for that and like dropping little um, nuggets here or there that people don't pick up on the time and go back and find stuff like that. I think aew is a lot of that and and, and ww is you know arguably very much improved in that regard but i think aew was doing it um harder and more prevalently a couple years ago when it started and, and i think you have to be like if the pepsi label looked like the coke label that would be confusing yeah yeah so aew had to be the things that WWE wasn't. It was, you know, more women's matches, longer women's matches, more minorities, uh doing weirder things, taking more chances at things. You know what I mean? Like the first year was just throwing stuff against the wall. It's like the first year of signing it live. Like you don't really know what it's gonna be. And then the second COVID changed everything, obviously. Uh, but the second and third year were a little more like finding the groove. And and I definitely feel like I remember being, you know, terrified. I remember being like in the ring on live TV in the first year, being like, I don't belong here I don't belong here I shouldn't be here there's Dustin Rhodes there's Chris Jericho oh my god but then part of it was doing you know shows with no crowds for a year in Jacksonville but like I remember I definitely felt like I was getting my seat legs on our getting confidence and then when we got back into arenas I felt like I belonged I felt like I you know could keep taking on like more I don't know it sounds it sounds very like granular but Taking on more challenges, like yeah. you're gonna do this match that has three commercial breaks, and you're gonna do this big long thirty-eight minute match with Punk and MJF in Chicago, and you can do a sixty-minute Ironman match on pay Like it just like it keeps getting a little like I feel like I keep unlocking a new level or something. You know, <laughs> I don't know how this ends, but I feel like I've done it.
0: <laughs> oh, so since this is a podcast about props. Uh, we should probably get to converse a conversation about that. Um, so what is your current <laughs> prop and costume
1: situation?
0: How much do you have and how do you store it?
1: It is it is minor. I have moved, uh, since Secret Fan started, I have moved at least four times, maybe more. Uh, once into a house with my wife and then in a very small row home in South Philadelphia. And then we had a child. Uh, and I just never kind of ended up with things. Yeah, And then i remember in like the later years like this like 2014 15 16 it kind of like you know you and brian had the house that where all the props lived yeah the whole house yeah (laughs) just the two of you there were no children there were cats and all the space and i was like oh so like to me that was like the green light to just let you acquire all the props
0: yeah yeah that's why i started this podcast (laughs) because i have too many props (laughs)
1: And if I ever needed them, I knew where to find them. Yeah. But frankly, the odds of needing them are pretty low. But uh, I always felt like they were in a safe place. Like, I never felt like I was throwing them in a dumpster. I was just putting them in my friend's closet, essentially. Yeah. So that was okay with me. So that I had no desire to acquire or stash things. Because, like, in my in my head, like, they were in a good spot. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I have very, very few things. I have a couple t-shirts. I have a couple smaller things. I have some like tickets and I don't know, but nothing that takes up a lot of space. Um, but I do have this sweatshirt, Samantha.
0: Oh, this is what you brought today?
1: And the sweatshirt. Yeah. Do you, are you ready to see it? Yeah. Hold on. There it is. Oh, okay. What, what I what? know
0: which sweatshirt this is. Would you like to describe this sweatshirt?
1: Uh, this became like a, a cross-examination of something. <laughs> Could you describe this can you describe
0: the sweatshirt uh, for the sweatshirt, for the jury the please
1: black hooded sweatshirt not just any black hooded sweatshirt is a black hooded sweatshirt uh emblazoned with one of the many insignias i imagine of the insane clown See, uh, icp <laughs> you and me uh these are you know juggalos out of straight out of detroit michigan and uh <laughs> they uh made music that i do not particularly care for but uh <laughs> I was part of a, a sketch called Juggalo Sunday, uh, which I I think is my favorite sketch we've ever done.
0: it might be my favorite sketch too. Yeah? It's it's at uh, least one
1: of them. It's yeah. great. It's it's like it's like the perfect balance of production and, and hilarity. Yeah. <laughs> I may pat ourselves on the back. I, I think it's <laughs> it's like it's well made, it looks great, it sounds great, it, you know, it's it's not too long. Like I yeah. think sometimes we would get a little overindulgent. Yeah. Um, it's and I, stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this started. And speaking of Connie's Rickrack, I remember doing this live because I'm pretty sure you did my make. I remember sitting by the piss jug in the back of the <laughs> and holding up a picture of Juggalo makeup and you painting my face. It uh, might mean,
0: not have that, been me. I don't, I feel like I missed the live one. I feel oh, like that could be. Paul it played is, my role in, in the, the live start, version. It would have been you, if not you. It would have been with me, probably.
1: 100%, 100% uh but also in you know if you see a photo of you every time i ever wore this sweatshirt i also had my face painted like one of the juggalos me insane clown posse which takes longer than you think and oh, gives you yeah. appreciation for them doing that every night speaking of Delta it's, it's the stuff,
0: precision like you have to get it to look right yeah and it's all even I, it's I, like I symmetrical
1: sweat I, I sweat a lot yeah, yeah. I, you know so uh then we did a sketch called juggalo sunday that was you know a uh we did it live at Connie's Rick Rock, and it got a good enough reaction to make us think, and this didn't happen very often, I feel like. We didn't do a live sketch of we're like, oh, what would this, what, what could this look like if it was a video? You, you know what I mean? Like reimagining a live sketch into a video, probably once or twice, but this is far and away the most memorable, and the best of them, in my opinion. And uh, we shot it at your house, probably mm-hmm. stairs or in the, in one of the same, you know, in the house you're in right now. Yeah. In the, uh, the dining room and kitchen became uh, Secret Pants HQ for the last few years because, yeah. like we said, you don't have children. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> everybody that lives in your house is in Secret Pants. Yeah,
0: so no one's getting annoyed, no one's being put out, right? And you
1: always have good snacks and plenty of yeah. party. Yeah. <laughs> very, very practical and very convenient. Yeah. Um, so,
0: uh, explain the plot of this sketch,
1: since So Juggalo Sunday is a a generational tale of a. <laughs> Um, a son was played by me uh, that was, you know, feeling uh, misunderstood by his his parents, his family, and you. Spoiler alert, you know, you come to learn that the parents are uh, kiss fans, and the the struggles that the son feels like he's having by being miscast and misunderstood because of this thing that he identifies with, uh, the apple has fallen exactly far from the tree because they totally understand them and and like. I imagine any bullheaded teenager parental relationship. Um, the 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 opposites are the the, the same. are repelling. It's not it's not the it's because they're so alike is why they get along. They don't. Yeah. Um, and you play the mother. Brian Kelly plays the father. And we're in full uh, kiss makeup. Kiss makeup and the, <laughs> and there's 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 reveals. Both the time you find out the parents were in kiss makeup, there's like, you know, a dramatic turnaround from you, and Ryan whips the newspaper down yeah. the space paint, which is the first one, and he's in a suit, and you're in this like, you know, housewife dress, which is funny, right? Like that's yeah. funny. <laughs> In the
0: kiss makeup. That's yeah.
1: funny. And uh it, you 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 come to learn that the 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 parents understand exactly what the child is going through, but the child refuses to accept this, and then there's a a a third generational reveal at the end that um just is you know there for you if you want it
0: <laughs> <laughs> they also keep calling like when they're calling their own talking about their own face they call it face paint mm-hmm. and then when they're talking about the other persons they call it makeup
1: just right. sort of belittle like, the there's... other one but it's the same thing yeah I mean, there's like a smearing where it all becomes like mushy yeah. and- and they, all, you know, that's where they realize they have a bond and the same thing in common. Yes. So now you don't have to watch the sketch. We just told you. The yeah, block. we just told you and, the entire and, sketch. And longer,
0: and longer than it
1: would take you to watch. <laughs>
0: you could have just played the sketch. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, so excuse me, Do we record? No. Okay, we're do, still close. Do... I'm sorry. No close.
0: <laughs> do you remember where you got this?
1: The sweatshirt. Yeah. Uh, this is a. Um, I believe this to be a Paul Trigiani Circle thrift find. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't we, remember. We needed it for the
0: sketch him. and then
1: he found it at a thrift store. Mm, That's fascinating. Maybe Rob Banowitz was involved. Is that possible? That's possible. Let's call him right now. Let's call
0: him. Right now. <laughs> do we do we have a do we have a call? No, we, we don't have a call. I, line. I
1: listened to the meg episode. Has Rob been on here yet? Mm,
0: uh, no, Rob has not been on here yet.
1: Not probably have much. He's been he is a. he's moved across the country. I don't know. Uh, I maybe so he acquired she. an ICP sweatshirt, he would probably remember too. Either Rob or Paul, someone came up with an ICP switch that was a little too big for me, that but kind of worked. That was a little too big because, yeah, it
0: feels Juggler, like the character would have, yeah,
1: juggles aren't fitting, they don't fit. Right? The yeah,
0: uh, do you remember when this was? How long have we had this? Sweatshirt? I believe
1: this is about 2011, if I had to guess, okay. 11 or 12.
0: All do you know right. the answer? I do not know the answer, that's why I'm asking you.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's around <laughs> that. I'm gonna, say, <laughs> all right. gonna be like that,
0: okay. Uh, so, I think so, it's
1: about 2011 or 12 and I think that it didn't it wasn't like an all day thing right it was like an after work I think
0: thing. it was just like an after work thing I think we just did this after work
1: Four or 5 6 hours but yeah, yeah it was a, it was a relatively um I don't know there, there wasn't a big it, it was very it was a small area it was only in one room there right? was no
0: major incidences there was no bounce houses yeah uh, there's no <laughs> there were waiting for mark was, summers to show up there no animals yeah so, you didn't have to put a dog in a in a little mini car and try
1: to move the car. Anyway. Not, not, not being able to get all the face paint off and taking like, you know, whenever I got back to my house at 1 a.m. Trying to take a, you know, it didn't come off as easy as I thought it would. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, just, I was, uh, you know, Tobias Funke, Blue Man, <laughs> Halloween one, and That was way worse. That was oh, way yeah. Worse. I remember being fairly inebriated taking a fairly intense long shower at two in the morning and getting <laughs> fairly frustrated. This was, <laughs> this was, and this was after that. I should have learned my lesson. This was cool. after.
0: Uh, so where do you currently store this sweatshirt? Is this just in your regular closet or is this in like something else?
1: The regular box in my regular closet where I have a Limited amount of like my old Chikara referee shirts, okay, uh, sweatshirt. Um, You know my social security card, my passport. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but this is in like the the memory shirt box because I feel like I have a memory shirt area, like where I'm like I'm not gonna wear these, but I won't want to get rid of them.
1: It's in the memory shirt box. Yes, the fond memory shirt box. Okay, instead of the bad, bad memory shirt. Bo- you have a bad memory shirt. Box? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was
0: wondering if you did. No, no okay.
1: <laughs> so cat. I wore this at my divorce proceedings. <laughs> um, be a happy one, actually.
0: So, why have you held on to this for so long? You think?
1: I think it's because I have so few uh, sketch comedy things, and it was like I was the only one to actually wear it, even though I didn't get it, and it was for a group sketch. It, like, and. and I think even at that time, that was my favorite thing we've ever done. I don't think that ever that ever really changed. Like that is from the moment that was done, I, I just like remember watching it and being exceptionally proud of it. Uh, um, not just me being in it, but the fact that we created something that I thought was really so clever yeah. and uh, got like a decent amount of traction. I don't remember what traction on YouTube looked like in 2011 or 12. Yeah, it was early YouTube. It, yeah, but it was like not nothing, right? Like, yeah. It got, it showed up in a couple of like icp message boards and stuff and, and like, i think some it, kiss
0: message boards too i think there was like both yeah,
1: yeah. and then uh it, somehow we learned that icp had supposedly seen it um and then again full circle icp are big wrestling fans uh they for a while ran their own wrestling promotion called juggalo champion shit wrestling not oh. Championship yeah very clever very clever (laughs) clever. and i uh they i i I don't have many regrets about my wrestling career but i do remember being invited by to go to the gathering of the juggalos where they would do wrestling at midnight overnight and everyone's just like on lsd and they're like black lights and it's just like in a field in like illinois or something and I declined because I had a real job at the time. But I remember, being like, oh, man, that, that's um, that, that probably was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, that could have been a life changing event. Yeah, yeah. I could have met my second wife there. So.
0: <laughs> uh, who
1: knows? Uh, um,
0: have you you how, how many times do you have, have you moved with this? Do you remember? Uh,
1: four, four, three. Oh, wait, real quick. One of. Uh, Violent J, was one of the insane clown posse, there are two shaggy two dope and Violent J. Violent J was a big wrestling fan and used to come to Jakara events in Detroit. Uh, the Jakara events in Detroit were held at this place called the Taylor Town, Town, Taylor, Taylor Town Trade Center, which is a flea market. And it, there'd be like a wall up, so it'd be this huge flea market, and there'd be a wall that was not that tall. And if you were in the ring, you could look out and see the whole flea market. <laughs> <And> <laughs> wow. He came, sans makeup, brought his kid to see And I remember his kid on his shoulders. And I was like, I'm going to do this. For you guys, I got to do this. I remember I was texting with you, uh, and I was like, I'm going to ask him if he's seen this. And, I, and he at least politely said he saw it and enjoyed it. Oh, was he being honest? I do not know. Yeah, uh, maybe he just wanted me to go away and just wanted to make a con- make the conversation short. But yeah. he at least feigned acknowledgement of knowing what this sketch was, and did not. It didn't make him like regurgitate. You know, like yeah, a pleasant, a pleasant uh, tent pole in his head.
0: Yeah, he didn't go. Uh, You'll hear from my lawyer. Right,
1: and then <laughs> and then I've been saving the story to tell you on this podcast. Um. About a month or so ago, AEW was going to Detroit, and the Insane Clown Posse, who are still a thing in 2023, uh, maybe not in their glorious of glory years, uh, had reached out through an intermediary about and asking about being on part of the AEW event in Detroit at Little Caesars Arena. Yeah, which is way different than the Taylortown Trade Center. Uh, <laughs> uh, I remember. Like they were just like trying to get on the show, and I was on this corporate call, this like corporate Zoom call, and Tony Conwood was like, someone was like, Oh, do we need the ICP in Detroit?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'll have to think about that one." And he was politely saying no, but it's like wild that like the insane clown posse are still in my life somehow. Yeah, they're uh, still twelve years later. Yeah, yeah. huh? The, the, it's, th- the, it's the fago that won't drain.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What was their like mating call? I don't even know.
1: I I'm <laughs> shocked you know so much so
0: so about Insane Clown Posse and I feel like you really researched this role. Do
1: I do remember doing extensive Insane Clown Posse? <laughs> I do. I, I tried <laughs> one of their albums and I was like, nah, I don't need I don't need to do this. I get it. Uh,
0: but I don't know any of their names. I didn't. I thought there was two. I remember watching that weird video where they were talking about magnets or something.
1: Oh, I remember this. Yeah, there are two main ones. I feel, I feel like it's kind of like salt and pepper. you know what I mean? Like, it, it takes a village. Yeah. But uh, the, the two of them get all the credit. Uh, that, that's <laughs> Violet J and Shaggy Tuto. Yeah. Right. So uh, how many so, times
0: have you moved with this?
1: I am going to say, actually, not that many, to 2011 uh, once, actually. Once,
0: okay. Yeah, so I take back that, what I
1: said then. earlier. I, 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 I moved, right, in 2010, I moved to South Street. Excuse me, I moved from South Street to Titan Street, and in 2018 I moved from Titan Street to Lancaster, which is almost. Yeah. So I've only moved once with it, but I I I despise moving. I will probably I never ever want to move again. Oh yeah. Uh, I did. I I there was a big purge leaving, uh Titan Street, and it made the cut.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, some of the other stuff that you did purge ended up already on the podcast. I had a bag yeah. of wigs,
1: and some of it has come back to my house yeah <laughs> what is uh um uh Zius. oh yeah zias <laughs> yeah it's hanging up in alex's room it's yeah. hanging up in my son's room he loves it it's like a <laughs> little like so... troll or gnome thing yeah really it is, but he loves putting it on yeah that's it's, so wonderful that, that was one time purged has come as re-entered yeah now. yeah
0: like, um okay it, so uh, back to the sweatshirt what right. What is it about the sweatshirt, though, that makes you question whether or not
1: you should keep it? Oh, man. I, I, well, now I think it's changed because I, I don't think I realized it, but the whole reason I was holding on to the sweatshirt was to do this podcast. <laughs> 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 now that I have, there is no use for
0: the sweatshirt. Oh, okay. This like was...
1: almost, I almost feel like I don't have it anymore. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, but
1: um, I think I... I uh, I don't know. It, it it serves no purpose. It will yeah. never come into India again.
0: If I get,
1: yeah. I will wear another sweatshirt.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you're I not gonna wear like, this, right? You're not gonna just put this in your
1: regular also, rotation. Stigma of wearing an ICP <laughs> which i may have thought was gleefully ironic 15 years ago but that i have no time for now i do not want to talk about insane clown posse at the playground with another dad i do not
0: <laughs> and i feel like a sweatshirt does take up a lot of room in a memory drawer or a memory sure. box because you yep. like t-shirts they fold nice and flat oh the yeah sweatshirt what? you got that hood it's it's oh, very
1: yeah. bulky. Like the space of five t-shirts but i also think that the memory box is never going to get any fuller than it is like i don't you know a lot of my memories now are photos or experiences or places i've gone or things i've done with my kids yeah, like i don't okay. know what what more i don't think i'll never be like i have to make space in the memory box yeah. for x like, i know I but you never thing know thing you there.
0: might have something you you're going to you know graduate okay. to the memory box um, and, and you don't know anybody who is a really big ICP fan that would r- appreciate this as
1: a gift? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I'd like to think if I did, they already have an ICP sweatshirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to contribute to that? Right, right. This one this one fits me just right. It's one size too big. It's just right. <laughs> uh, thinking about wearing an ICP I, I like I recently, I, I don't know if you'll appreciate this as an as an early 40s person. I, like, now that people are out doing things again, like, trying to make friends with Alex and Sam's friends' parents, uh, and I, like, you know, started being friendly with someone. Like, we all, we all went to the baseball field and all, like, played practice together, like, the kids and the dads. Oh, okay. One of the dads, uh, pulled me aside and was, like, I'm starting, like, a." league you know i'm starting like, <laughs> and i was like oh
0: shit <laughs> like, oh I, no i'm in now i don't I want this
1: too close to the <laughs> <laughs> now i have to go play maybe. and and one of another one of one of alex's friends dad's recently broke his collarbone playing soccer with his friends oh my god our age and that's like fresh in my mind i was like oh, i don't know if i you know if i separate my shoulder. I can't referee. Yeah, I should, that's I my job. It's right, very physical. Uh, I should probably just keep it to practice. But thanks for the invitation. Thanks, too It does sound kind of fun, but I would be no good at it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you think you could uh, incorporate this into some sort of, like, Bryce, the referee, is an insane clown posse fan for, like, a storyline? <laughs>
1: Well, I feel like that's a challenge. <laughs> when are we going? When are we going back to
0: Detroit? <laughs> I feel like now it's towards the bottom of the list, right? Because yeah, you yeah. you just were there.
1: I don't. I I don't see a direct line, but I accept your challenge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Uh, it, would you have noticed if if this sweatshirt had just
1: disappeared before the the podcast if i don't think so unfortunately okay. not. <laughs> i had to i had to look for it to find it to do that okay uh, to to a variety of mixed results but uh i uh, i know i would not i would not have known
0: how how attached I, I you if
1: someone, if someone if someone broke into our house and took just this that's a really specific prime. and I, nope. I I salute you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I ask everybody, but I just
1: cause it is an interesting question if somebody yeah.
0: just stole one weird thing you've been <laughs> holding on to, some creep comes in. I think
1: I'm a fan of your show. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a big fan of the podcast is going around to all the people you know and guessing what the thing might be,
0: yeah, and just stealing the prop right before prop, the prior right right before the prop recording
1: for the night yeah <laughs> uh, maybe some kind of a um uh, uh, what someone who can see the future uh, tell a uh, 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 like a yeah, uh. I like someone on the board on the boardwalk, you give ten dollars to. Yeah, you know,
0: like, <laughs> they'll tell you what's going on. They'll yeah, reach your yeah, fortune. Yeah,
1: it will be it will be a of hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> do
0: you do you feel like after taking this out from so many years, feel like you have an attachment to it?
1: At um, current moment, I didn't until we had this conversation. <laughs> okay, I, I, I think I do. I I well, I think realizing how little I save from this. 15-year chapter of my life mm-hmm. uh, that aren't, you know, conversations or photos or friendships, which I do cherish. We talked about that at great length earlier.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was the first hour and a half of
1: this podcast. Please go back and see the, you know, to put an ad break in there or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's Zoom. Uh, uh, both are the things that I cherish, but I don't have many of these physical things. And while I don't value them as much, I do now I'm seeing what, it, you know, it, it, I, I don't see myself walking to a trash can and putting this in at any time. So I think I, I think I keep this. Okay. Hey, you're not
0: supposed to make the decision. I'm supposed to make the decision. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. I thought if I said the titular line, it would be over.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, Larry's not watching this or editing it. So uh, <laughs> we're going to keep going. That's why they
1: call it Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> all right well
0: i feel like you've held on you hold on to so little you <laughs> do seem like this is i'm just repeating what you were saying but yep. and it is kind of tucked away right so it's, no, it's
1: not it's not hurting anyone
0: yeah and it's not it's just kind of in that that t-shirt memory bin yep <sighs> Yeah, I think you should keep it. I feel like you are attached to it and it's not taking up too much room. And then, you know, if it gets really cold, you have an extra
1: sweatshirt. Or you have a
0: whole bunch of people come over to your house, and when everybody gets snowed in, you have an extra sweatshirt to
1: give out. Um, My niece came, our niece came over for a party or some family function. She is eight, and it was surprisingly cold, and she didn't have a hoodie. And I sent her home in my Murph's hoodie oh she wore my first bar but, you know, <laughs> and then she washed and returned it to me and i was so proud of that
0: <laughs> see next time though it could be an icp hoodie, an ICP
1: hoodie. <laughs> uh, yeah no i think i think I'd, i guess i i yeah all right it, are you what, are you
0: how do you feel about that
1: i think I'll, i can keep it i have i have it's made it this far it's it survived cuts it's not there's no reason for it to go anywhere at this point Okay. What is what is the ratio of keep to throw away? What is your like? What episode is this? Where are you at? Do you, oh, like a I topic? haven't written
0: down all of the numbers. I
1: don't know.
0: It really—it's just—it's item by item.
1: To, I'm going to need you to go back and listen to every minute of every podcast you've ever done. Mm-hmm. Listen to your voice for hours and hours on end and keep a tally. I'll wait. Would, I'll be right. I'll wait right here.
0: It would only take as long as your intro. <laughs> 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 the 20-some-odd episodes I've already done.
1: Look at the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we got to get to the second part of the show. Okay. <laughs> which is called, Should I Keep This? And I'm going to give you one of my many props and costumes.
1: Um, I'm really so, excited about this. <laughs>
0: uh, so all of this is contained in this... Uh, Little uh, train case. It's a vintage train case. This is not necessarily up for elimination, but I guess I'm willing to hear the argument. Okay. Um, and Where'd inside you get the, train case? the train case, I actually got from uh, Annie A Bomb, the burlesque dancer, was having a yard sale. <laughs> she was selling this for $2. And I was very like, on, oh my God.
1: Very on brand, Samantha. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> this uh, little train case contains the Holton sisters' costumes from youth large wow
1: so these one of my are my favorite sketch groups
0: i know that's why i brought this to you these are three dance costumes they're uh three different colors one is green one is purple and one is like a teal a bright teal um and they're the same shape they uh are just kind of little leotards sleeveless with the little straps the top has a floral black uh, design on it with glitter and then the bottom part um, underneath kind of the chest area there's like a fringe black fringe that goes down to the hips. And then the bottom part of the costume is like a shimmery solid color of whatever color are the costumes there's also a pair of tap shoes in here, which I believe are a six and a half, I think these were goldies because i have a different pair of tap shoes that are mine um so yeah there's three you
1: the the shoes don't fit you
0: i think they're a little small goldie had a smaller foot than mine um so this there's three dance costumes matching but three different colors and then one wig in a ziploc bag it's like an old lady wig Uh, these were used for my sketch group youth large in a sketch called the holton sisters we performed this in 2015 and it was a set uh, of three sisters who were like tap dancing uh sisters that were in musicals in the 50s 40s and 50s and they were at a mall Just doing a presentation as very old women when they were talking about their big movie, The Moon and Poughkeepsie, and they were going to do their dance to it. And they kept going, a five, six, seven, eight. And then one of them would start talking about some sort of horrific story about being in Hollywood. And then they would just keep doing this where they'd get ready. Okay, are we good? Five, six, seven, eight. And another thing, Bob Fosse. And it was just constant until... At the end, they all decided they were going to just do the number and the music starts. They swing their arms up in the air and they do one shuffle and one of them breaks their hip and they have to be dragged off. So
1: yeah, I love a good musical sketch. I yeah. love a...
0: <laughs> There was hardly any music in this. <laughs> no,
1: the thought of it. It's just... like the, it's like it's like the it's like the reindeer and the it's the the the, the the music is not really the focus, but it's part of the... It's part of the... Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh, we performed this, I think, only twice, um, and they've just kind of been sitting in this train case since 2005, so that is... 2005, really? Oh, 2005. 2015. Sorry, okay. there was a five written. Yeah. But yeah, so it's been... Uh, it has been eight years Mm -hmm. i guess since we've performed this um and but i really like this.
1: how old are your nieces
0: oh wait i didn't get to my line wait what do you think bryce should i keep this
1: (laughs) 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 uh (laughs) i'm gonna say yes because yeah i have a skewed perspective but
0: you that's why i brought it to you because i'm very attached to these stupid costumes
1: and that should keep things right i keep things i you know i moved and i have this and i and like you kept things and there's no reason for you not to keep it there's there's too many
0: things bryce i'm surrounded by things hurting but i you got to repeat that i missed it what is it what is it hurting It's, it's just there's too much stuff and if I'm not using it, like if I drop uh, these off at a thrift store, would somebody pick them up and like, they'd have a new life or they're just going to sit here until I die. And then you're asking about my nieces and they have to clean out my house when I'm dead. <laughs> Do you want this for my nieces?
1: Today, I told our financial planner on Zoom, I would be, there's a spot on your profile, your financial planner, it has its profile, it says DOD which is date of death, which is morbid. Uh, but we were talking about like, you know, you know, there's a lot going on. Like, when do you relax? And I was like, well, the, the day I relax will be the day you put the, you know. The day <laughs> and Laura was like, whoa, whoa. Like, it got dark with our financial planner. What? I'm you making I was thinking, a joke. Yeah, I went, to the, I went to the dentist last week and like, you know, what, I was like thinking about six months from now. I was like, ah, six months from now. I could be dead. <laughs> Who cares about my teeth then? this got really meta you know should i why should i even brush my teeth samantha
0: (laughs) (laughs) they're all gonna they're just gonna rot after i'm dead
1: oh man i not not too many people in this world i would tell that story to
0: (laughs) so anyway Uh, back to the costume
1: i think keep it i think keep it (laughs) it's not hurting anything i think there's going to be a day that is going to come where this will come up in your life somehow some way with your nieces or your neighbors or something and you'll be like this was perfect and then you'll be mad you got rid of it well you can only get rid of it once you can never get it back
0: i guess but these i got on ebay um and i feel like they're kind of they kind of are replaceable i don't think here's the other thing when i was
1: why would you replace it
0: if but why would I I but I might not need it, Bryce. Here's no. what here's the other thing. You know here's need the other comfort Will you settle down? <laughs> You're getting aggressive. <laughs> here's the other part of this. When I was envisioning this sketch, I wanted some very old timey costumes. I wanted like vintage costumes that they look like maybe this is what they wore in the moon in Poughkeepsie. Or, you know, just something that these women wore in their heyday and not something that was new. And these look very new. So that these weren't even my ideal, like I costuming in my head. So like, if let's say youth large, for some reason, we're able to get back together, we can get Goldie back here and we can twist his arm. Um, I don't even know if this is like my ideal outfit. You're so like, your- it, it seems, it feels more replaceable than if I did find that outfit, that like vintage look and, cause you're saying they're not, they're, they're not replaceable. I feel I, you're being so callous about your, just keep everything. Cause you think I have unlimited space and I, you gave me all of your trash. So you didn't have to hold on to it. And this is why I have to have a podcast.
1: <laughs> you have to have a podcast. <laughs> You must have yes. a podcast. I have to. Otherwise <laughs> no, I'm just of gonna... course Of course I'm gonna tell you to keep it, right? Like that's 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 how this goes. Like I have to tell you to keep it.
0: I know, but you're not giving you're me, me any, any give and give take here.
1: And behind you. you gotta you keep everything you gotta keep it.
0: But what if I never wear them again? You don't okay. even care, Bryce. I don't.
1: I I I I think <laughs> I think you should keep it.
0: So you think though that there's a potential I could give these, I should give these to my nieces? Yes. Is that what you're implying? I'm
1: inspired by Youth Large's impact on Alex Remsberg's life. <laughs> I think there may be another set of nieces out there somewhere. Think about, you know, Brian's daughter, Paul's daughter. Like, there's there's a life for these. Oh,
0: yeah. I just don't know. Because they fit very tiny women. We might you might have mean to mean children? Wait. You mean well, little girls? <laughs> Youth large girls. Hey, all right, all right. All right. Um, and they're all like adult small. I feel like one of them was a youth large. that because No, you're... they're all adult small.
1: I feel lied to. I feel deceived.
0: Yeah. I think I tried to get them, but then I was, the measurements were like, they might've been too tight in the crotch. And who wants that while you're trying to do a sketch? Right. So, okay. But you don't have any good, like, it's just maybe give them to my nieces. You don't have any good, like suggestions
1: i know how your brain works yeah and i think that if you give it away you give these away mm-hmm. you will the second you release them from your possession you'll wonder about and worry about a day you wish you had them yeah so for that sense of logic it is better to be safe than sorry i guess but i feel because like you that's... can wonder about them going in good hands they're already in good hands <laughs> they're in good hands right now they're in your hands I know, but I have. And now I you control their so, destiny.
0: So many other things, and I haven't worn these in eight years. They haven't even they don't touched take up
1: them. Space. Those three take up as much as my sweatshirt. The same space as my one sweatshirt. Okay. How many youth large props do you have? Do you have a lot from youth large?
0: I I have these. I have yeah. I have a decent amount. That's um, like a fun
1: little. That's a fun little pocket of time, right? I don't know. Yeah. You asked my opinion. I gave it to you. <laughs> we're done here
0: but you you think that i need these i just i guess you're right i I think
1: that you want them more than you need them how about
0: that okay all right i know but then that's part of the problem why i'm a hoarder
1: yeah okay i know
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna put it in my will that you have to go through all my just you personally have to go through this room when
1: i die I'll be right over. Oh, when you die? When I die? Oh, uh, who's gonna? You'll outlive me, right?
0: No. no, no, I'm gonna die before your dentist appointment.
1: Oh no! Okay.
0: <laughs> I stopped brushing my teeth weeks ago. <laughs> come and come
1: and take me now, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're we're probably on the healthier end of the secret pan spectrum, but you really want to get dark? Yeah, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, this got a little weird. I'll yeah, well, see it, see it, Planet Fitness or whatever.
0: <laughs> do you think I should wear this to Planet
1: Fitness? I do, That would be...
0: <laughs> I feel like I need two other do, people,
1: though. Do you ever do, uh, uh you know. Things at work where you need a costume, or
0: a... not really. I know you can go to
1: church, but if there was like some kind of a church bazaar or something, where this would ever come up? Mm-mm,
0: no, I have nowhere to wear these, and there's three of them, and there's only why, one me.
1: Why won't you start your own sketch group today? What, what's going on? <laughs> what's going
0: on? Because because I don't I don't I don't know. You
1: love it. You have to I, do- You have this in your heart, right?
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: Sorry, did I I get too close to the... (laughs) the, Did I get too close to the...
0: (laughs) A little bit, because I've been, like, really not knowing
1: what I want to do with myself. stopping you from forming a sketch group and writing a sketch where you use those dresses? Uh,
0: I guess there's not a ton of places to perform. And then I also... I'm all scared that I am not good at this anymore. (laughs) And then I'm just going to be on stage and everyone's going to, it's going to be like Princess Bride versus like, bow, bow. You want um, to do a try. And then I'll be in this outfit
1: with the fringe and that's just
0: embarrassing.
1: <laughs> you want to a try. I'll like, come. I, I, I would love to come to the show. I would love okay. to come to, to the show.
0: Okay. What if I start a trio, a wrestling trio and we're, these are our outfits? Do you think there you can get to- us... Yeah, get us. Yeah, you could get, yeah, get us some sort of gig where we get beat up very thoroughly.
1: It'll be it'll be outside the arena by the box office. <laughs> I'll set you up there. <laughs> you is... part of the show. And just throw you to the wolves. Yeah, and
0: this is how I die. Uh, in this outfit, <laughs> be, being thrown by an actual wrestler.
1: Not in the dentist
0: chair. <laughs> Not. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> all right well we did it <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right so we made some decisions how, how do you feel about about yours i am um,
1: uh i'm i'm delighted it gave me a reason to talk to you for an hour and 25 minutes <laughs> <laughs> I, I i i laughed at the end but i'm very serious i am i'm i i'm so glad that i did that and have that
0: and got this out of it. All right. Yeah. I'm still unsure about your, you were just so quick about it. I, I'm unsure about your verdict, but because you're just enabling me, but that's okay. Is like a
1: voting? Is there a, do we, the, the, do people uh, sound off in the comments? Or no, I, I,
0: I, they could <laughs> sound because off in I the comments. <laughs> should I keep these? Bryce just enabling me you you point down here in a a graphic yeah (laughs) in in my audio podcast Mm -hmm. I'll put up this when it comes to
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right so thanks for being on thanks for having me on and how how can people find you follow you whatever Uh, don't
1: bother me at all I have enough to do (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have uh, You know um virtually deactivated my twitter but if you wanted to it is that dub rice is right d-a-v-r-y-c-e is right Uh, and i am finding myself more active on instagram the bryce is often right uh because i find that to be less stressful uh and more uh whatever like the pheromones you get from social media like instagram gives me good ones and twitter gives me bad ones (laughs) that uh, i keep facebook so i can post pictures of my children not have to talk to my cousins and aunts yeah which i think a lot of people do so yeah. i do hold on to facebook for that but that's more of a personal thing that i don't really accept any new friends or you know sometimes when i post instagram it automatically goes to facebook and i forget and oh cool look that's that, that, that's there um but i am actively trying to be less busy and more present so social media is not good for that but yeah. uh if you wanted to follow me on instagram it said the bryce is often right
0: And they can check you out on AEW.
1: You could watch me um, yell numbers and sometimes miss bad guys cheating. uh, Wednesday nights at (laughs) 8 o'clock on TBS, on AEW Dynamite, and uh, Friday nights at 10 p.m. on TNT, on AEW Rampage. And now, sometimes even, starting Saturdays at 8 p.m. on TNT, on AEW Collision. And even on YouTube and your phones and wherever wherever you find good wrestling.
0: Do you ever go back and watch the tapes, and then realize that you had your back turned when something happened? Like, like, no, but,
1: but my, I, I, my wife says I'm very bad at my job. Like, <laughs> no, no one has ever got paid as much to be a, per, as bad at their job consistently as I am. <laughs> <sighs> That's nice. Which is, which is true. Which is true. One day I'll have my comeuppance. One day I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to catch that no good scoundrel MJF in the act. It'll be it'll be a day of reckoning. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs)
0: And that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to actually see the items that we're discussing, you can follow the show at Should I Keep This Pod on Instagram, where I post pictures from each episode. And if you dream of owning your own out of control prop collection, the best place to start is by taking classes at Crossroads Comedy. They have online and in-person classes in sketch, improv, and stand up. So just head over to xroadscomedy.com to sign up. Thanks again for listening, and I'll have a new show for you in two weeks. See you then.